The 27th through the 29th at Caesars, Southern Indiana. We greet everyone to return their yearly return to Louisville, Kentucky. We look in the rearview mirror and consider that we had another successful year in Cincinnati. At the Hard Rock Casino and Hotel, eight uh, divisions were drafted, seven main event, one I Want Vegas, and a good time was had by all. Probably not as much as our guest tonight, Mr. Eric Albright and his uh, erstwhile playing partner, who he will represent on tonight's podcast, Mr. Mike Cunningham. Eric, how are you tonight, brother? Doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? Well, I think we're going to make it. Uh, you know, I think after Cincinnati, as, as we close out Monday Night Football tonight, a good effort by the Saints in their victory over Jacksonville. Or They beat them in the first half with the first team about every way you can beat them. I feel a little bit... Probably like Coach Payton feels tonight. He's, he's very happy with what went on and still a lot of work to do. Um, you can I can tell from looking at your teams this year that you and Mike arrived uh, there at the River Room mm-hmm. at the Hard Rock with a plan, and, and you executed it well. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the steps you guys take as a partnership in getting ready for a four-draft afternoon uh, like you had. Sure. It's a, it's a good time. We really enjoy it. Um, We're, we're big into the baseball, so we get a little bit later started than some of your diehards. Um, But uh, once we get started, we're all in. So uh, we usually talk, we do a bunch of drafts, uh, you know, a lot of slow drafts, a lot of things like that to get ready and really just learning the player pool. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like doing drafts is a lot easier way to, realize who's first, second, third in the pecking order uh, because you're researching it as you're going instead of sitting there and doing it without, you know, without a draft going, it's just not as exciting. So yeah. Why study when you can learn by doing, and there's a lot of portals and opportunities to do that. That's exactly right. And we're a big believer in you draft, you draft kind of early and you draft middle and you draft late because sure there's upsides and downsides to each one, but if you do all of them, you're, you're kind of hitting all the upsides and the downsides. And, you know, we go back and look at some of our early drafts and some of them are, some of them are hilariously bad. And some of them are, uh, and, and some of them are absolutely fantastic that you could never, that you could never duplicate now. So it's, a, it's amazing as we begin to look at some of these preseason games, some of the players that we're aware of, but have never entered our radar at all this year. I think of uh, the tight end premium league that I play in Las Vegas, the FFPC, where we are sending 10 teams, a record 10 teams Mm -hmm. to the FFPC uh, underneath the KFFSC flag this year. It's a tight end premium league, and I noticed a special connection just from watching preseason game this week uh, that uh, Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback of the Jets, uh, is experiencing with Tyler Croft. And, you know, anyone's from Cincinnati knows who Tyler Croft is. Sure. He did some nice things at Buffalo. And this might be his attempt to play. And, you know, that's a player that until I got to see that film uh, from the game was not even on uh, my radar. I had a good opportunity yesterday um, to visit with Dan Claskins on his national show. Dan right. and James Adams, who you sat next to, 
uh, sure. in one of the drafts, and and I know that had to be a blast. That was I had a lot of fun facilitating that draft. Well, and, I think that was the I think that was the fourth one, and there's there's a few, <laughs> pop, there's a few pops being had by the fourth one. So if you're not if you're not having fun on the fourth one, you've done something terribly wrong. That's uh, exactly right. So I'm yeah, Mike Cunningham. Uh, everybody that I know calls him Miguel, but Mike uh-huh. Cunningham. Um, we do a baseball league with James Adam, a keeper league. So we're he he's known him for a long time. I just met him a few years ago. Well, you know, Dan and Jay, and, and I was on their show yesterday, and they said, Farrell, give us some players that are working this way after draft board. And so uh, I was able to come with Marquez Calloway, and there's a player <laughs> that uh, tonight uh, essentially had a coming out party to prove what kind of uh, wide receiver that uh, that he could be. And, and uh, he's shown great athleticism, great ability to get open, high-pointed the ball well. How much – because you, you mentioned being in baseball a couple times, and, and mm-hmm. that is such a grind and requires such mind space and such attention. How much preseason football are you able to watch, and how does it fit in to you and Miguel making the great picks that you did like last week on Sunday? Well, that's yet to be seen, but it, the draft felt pretty good. But um, it, it definitely comes in – comes into it um so miguel and i are a lot different than he's more old school pen and paper watches mm-hmm. the games uh listens to uh, talk radio where i'm you know if something happened eight minutes ago and i don't know about it on twitter uh, then that'd be a shock so mm-hmm. we're kind of a good combo of that um and we complement each, each other well um because uh, we we have a lot of the same philosophies um, but if we can both agree on a player, that's usually where we, you know, we really target them. As you saw in one of the drafts, we un- unexpectedly um, had, uh, who was it? We had Aaron Jones fall to us in the second, but we wanted Antonio Gibson. We had our heart set on him and we went with Gibson um, because we hadn't had him yet and wanted a player share of him. So that's the kind of stuff where if I say, hey, I like a player and he's like, I love that player, then, then we're going to go ahead and do it. You don't deviate from your plan, which I think is a key thing in partnership, because if you spend all the time discussing what you're going to do and then get there and on a whim, do something else, you know, it, it's, it, it ruins a little bit of the investment of the time. And, you know, you drafted next, I believe to, or in competition with at least in one draft, a J.A. Carey, a J.A. Carey and Mike Fox who right. won our championship at 13 and 14, back-to-back winners, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. And the thing that I enjoyed so much about uh, this, uh, this draft, it's a small thing, telling thing. Every time Kerry drafted, because Fox could not attend this year due to a prior commitment, mm-hmm. every time Kerry drafted, he says, we take. He didn't say, I'll take. He right. said, we take even though the partner is nowhere to be seen. Yep. And I got a real kick out of that. It, yep. How much, you know, we have our main event this weekend. We're completely sold out. Um, how much or how many online drafts can I maybe count on you and Miguel coming back to do and if you do come back and do one or two of them, because we're drafting online through right. September, 
if you do come back and do one or two of them, what would change about certain players or certain attitudes that you were applying last week in Cincinnati versus this week and, and coming up uh, as we go through the weekend? Right. Yeah, it's ever, it's ever changing. Um, and it's just something as, as simple as just moving a guy up or down two spots with the position can make a huge difference you know, in your draft. So uh-huh. like, for example, a guy that we didn't even have on our radar was Miles Gaskin uh, in the Cincinnati drafts. And he just kept falling and falling. And yeah, there's some news that he might, this can be a three headed monster or whatever, but he is also the best running back. So <laughs> that, that sometimes, <laughs> that sometimes plays out, um, you know, so it, it sometimes is going to play out where, yeah, the first three weeks might be frustrating four weeks, but, you know, we have other guys we can plug in there, but if you're getting good value on a guy and, you know, so like that, so that's probably a guy we wouldn't draft again uh, just because we already have a couple of shares. Um, but yeah, it's, it's ever changing. Um, the one big difference for me in live drafts and especially with your contest, which I love is that you have to set your lineups, right? So yes. um, I do so many best balls and my, my um, strategy and our strategy, uh, Miguel and I's is completely different. So I, when we do these live drafts, maybe it's our conservative-ish nature, but we want to get those running backs, unless it's Kelsey. Uh, but Kelsey and running backs is where we want to go. Um, I, I, I can appreciate the thought process on waiting on running back. I really do. In a best ball, I do it all the time. Because if I can uh-huh. get seven guys like Tony Pollard, that's fine. But when I have to set a lineup every week, I'm going to, I'm going to get those guys that are, I mean, how many, how many tandem running backs and three headed monsters do we have this year? It's got to be an all time record. It is. And I, we had a, a very interesting draft, a main event draft, a division that was open to everyone. And uh, I think four of our experienced uh, players joined. However, uh, we did a, a promotion with uh, Chasing the Helmet podcast. Uh, uh, Karain and, and Oviset, good guys uh, from up in the East Coast, and they've got a huge following. And they were so overwhelmed by the fact that you had to start three receivers <laughs> that the entire draft was yellow stickers for the first seven or eight rounds. Right. And uh, it was, I got, it was very interesting to see some of the running backs and how far they were falling. And it's really not necessary to do that because there's quality receivers in this current passing game of the NFL way into the, double-digit rounds. So you must have been very, very happy to get those three stickers on the board, to get the occasional Kelsey, and then build around your some of the receivers. So you're a knowledgeable guy about players. I'm going to ask you about guys because I really liked what you said about Gasket. Okay. You, you cut through the hype and got to where you needed to be on it. And clear thinking is very important. As right. uh, and, I, and I encourage all the drafters that are coming to listen to everybody, talk to everybody, but tune in your plan. That's what mm-hmm. you need to listen to. So I would love to have you and Miguel in a room. I'm not going to have it this year. You know, I'm not going to be, I, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, 
so demanding that uh, we got to <laughs> have you draft all the time with us, especially as you're tending to baseball. So I know you're going to be doing that this weekend. So right. here I'm going to, if you were in the room, I want you to make your presence felt now because I'm going to throw some players at you. Okay. I want you to give me the quickest hitting uh, synopsis that you can. Let's stay with running back, okay. a guy that you wouldn't draft early, so you might not have got him at all, Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson didn't get him. Ha- do have him in quite a few drafts, uh, not with your contest. Um, nice to see that his thumb is o- not a serious injury tonight um, when, he, when, he, when he left uh, practice today. Um, I am not opposed to him. I'm probably like an at ADP guy with him. I guess right. I would, I guess would be my best way to put it. I usually look at players three ways at ADP before, after, and then just don't draft. Uh-huh. So th- that's kind of where I, I'm an at ADP and depends and everything always matters about construction. All so, right, let's move on then to James Robinson in Jacksonville Jacks. I am an, after ADP on him, not a mm-hmm. do not draft like a lot of guys have, but I find value. He's fallen so far, yes, that I do sign do find some value in him, especially in a best ball format. What do you like about his game? Uh, that he well, for one, he stays healthy so far, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but he see he seems to uh, he seems to uh, I mean he's not a plotter. I guess he would be at a plotter plus, but um, uh-huh. he's, he's stronger than a lot of people think he is. ETN might be great. Um, I'm just finding other ways to construct my team without him. So uh-huh. uh, James, I'm much more likely to draft Robinson than ETN just based off where they're going. And it wouldn't shock me if Robinson equaled, if not surpassed ETN's value for the year, but I'm not Pittsburgh's- a guy that's going to take him early. Pittsburgh Steelers have three very good receivers and a lot yep. of other guys that can catch the ball, including a young tight end that caught two touchdowns in this first exhibition game, not yep. from the backups, but from Roethlisberger. With what Najee Harris is going to do out of the backfield, you've got to think that this is, is, is a very well-balanced offense that's still going to put the ball in the air a great deal. The three wide receivers at Pittsburgh seem to only have one of them, which isn't. I can only have one. I I'm taking Deontay Johnson this year. Very good. Tell me why. Guy gets open, and Ben Ben likes guys that get open. Uh, I'm not on Juju at all this year. Um, Claypool maybe, um, and he's a big you know he's a big hitter like Claypool in best balls. But when you have to set a lineup, I think Deontay Johnson's going to lead that team in targets by a big number. C.D. Lamb, Dallas, Texas, wide receiver. He went in the second round uh, in several of the drafts. He's been a after the after the two three turn for right. us. So he's been he's been going to the teams that uh, have secured that 10, 11, 12 draft spot. C.D. Lamb, uh, what do you think? I'm an at ADP guy with C.D. Lamb. Have a few mm-hmm. shares. I, it seems like every draft I'm in, somebody is jumping up to get him. He mm-hmm. seems to have he seems to have a lot of steam. Uh, obviously, in a vacuum, he might be a top four receiver in the league. Uh, has a great situation, but again, they have a great offensive line. They have a great running back. They have three weapons, uh, even four if Jarman can come back. So, 
uh, he's going to have monster, monster games. We know that. It's what are the bad games going to look like. Uh-huh. That's the you way know, I, uh, it, it's, I feel the same way about both those players. Of course, at Pittsburgh, I feel that you can get any receiver and be successful. I'm probably a little – I'm probably a little higher on Juju than you are. And I right. probably, um, you know, no one can be higher on Claypool than I am. So right. we take KC Joyner was a fellow that joined me and Eric Bachman uh, on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Podcast this okay. Friday. And KC Joyner uh, has a column with The Athletic and a website. Oh, I forget what it's called, but you can Google him and find out. Okay. We had a really good talk. And he is a guy. A, a truly a metrics guy, a, a quant guy, but he presents his product, his knowledge. He's a good communicator too. And it was, it was, you know, that's not necessarily an everyday uh, dual function threat from a quant right. guy as a guy that can communicate. And, um, you know, when a guest comes on a show uh, like that, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw it back at him a little bit, but, you know, we're trying to keep everything very, very civil. Uh, Casey Joyner said two things that was very interesting to me. He said that all of Najee Harris's production, that most of it is going to eliminate the necessity of uh, Deontay Johnson catching as many balls that he did last year. His, his metric was that Deontay Johnson got so few air yards mm-hmm. – uh, in his route running, and he assumed that that would be taken over by the uh, running back. And I say, you know, if you're a quant guy, if you're a metric guy, that makes sense. I'm going to leave that there. And then uh, he made the statement that he expected uh, uh, C.D. Lamb to, uh, in, in my terminology, to essentially hit the wall this year. Okay. And I, I, we were running out of time with the show. And I did, I, you know, I wanted to go and, and get into that further, but he gave some reasons that were his, his metrics that, that he applies to that. But, I, you know, the best metric is, is that the, uh, the eyeballs that the good Lord gave you that are in your head and the common sense. And right. uh, to me, uh, this player is, is a player that is held by his teammates and such high esteem. He got there and he earned that in a quick and short time. Uh, you can watch this. Uh, you can watch this uh, uh, hard knocks on uh, HBO and mm. see it, just, just the the level of respect that everyone in the organization has for him. So I'm Absolutely. going. I, I you being a numbers guy. For those of you that don't know, uh, Eric comes from the financial management field. So you know you're you're ability to look at numbers and make a decision and decisively move on to the next case is right is 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 well trained so this is a long intro to the question where when when you can't break when you're looking for a direction what do you follow what your common sense and sports and football experience tell you or what some metric that you have seen and and see as a trend do, do you follow those numbers or do you follow your gut your eyes and your experience as to what a player is well that's a good question i i do 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 some it's a numbers. damn long one it was a yeah, damn long right. one i, I right. got it out yeah that's okay so 
some of the numbers, but I let the other people run the numbers <laughs> and I just read them. Um, mm-hmm. but most of my, most of mine is gut feel situation, game flow, how tough the division is, those kind of things, um, have always been that way. So I'm a lot more technical, I would say, like with my job than I am with baseball and football fantasy. It's kind of, a been a, a lot of gut thing, I think. And then knowing the trends of the top players that I respect, um, helps me a lot understand, and I, I think when you do so many drafts, seeing the trends of who's moving up, which I don't always agree with the player moving up, but you can kind of see the trends. And, and if you really know the kind of the pulse of what's going on inside of the high stakes community, I think it really helps you in drafts. But your your drafts are really tough at Kentucky. You might have a couple folks that aren't don't have a pulse on it, but you really have some, some really tough competitors there. And it's such a challenge. I mean, Miguel and I went over four last year and mm. uh, that's why we are, you know, we are, we, we really put a lot of effort in, uh, in this year, I think to really trying to come up with a plan. And as you know, we move our draft spot around. We're not as convicted on, Hey, we want this spot and this player. We want to move it around and get all the players we like. And, and you do like a lot of players, which makes drafting more uh, enjoyable. It, it's, right. I, I watch the guys sweat it out who sit there and they sharpen their list, their cheat sheet, by finding flaws in the players that they don't like. And I, I think you're much more productive to find something about every player that you do like and try to build that team. Uh, around there so let's go back to your tight ends you talked about Kelsey Mm -hmm. we get to a point where there is diminishing returns from the tight end position and you have to trust a great deal of uh, am I going to hit on maybe one of these three right and as you mentioned several times tonight there's a lot of tight ends that I love for best ball that are very, very difficult to figure mm-hmm. in, on a weekly lineup where, you know, we all now know the ADP of where the tight ends are. Mm-hmm. Where do you begin to get a little uncertain feel, a little that you may have waited too long? Who's the last guy on your list that you say, you know what, I got to get a tight end on my roster or it's, it's going to be a weekly nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, we, I've talked about it with Miguel. We, we really tried to get one of the top three. Haven't got Waller almost at all this year. Just hasn't mm-hmm. been the flow. But I, we, we, like, we love Waller. It just hasn't been, been part of the flow. But um, if you don't get the top three, which we're a big believer in, trying to get one of the top three and then getting two to three running backs, and the big difference this year that we love is the mid-tier of wide receiver. We can get into that later. But back to your question is the tight end. I would say once I get uh, Fant, maybe Tanyan, then I'm getting pretty iffy. Like Gasecki, Ingram, Johnny Smith. It gets a little iffy for me there. So yeah. I would say I haven't had Pitts in one draft this year. Uh I only have Andrews and one. Have Hawkinson on quite a few. Kittle on quite a few. Um, was so you're to- been, you've tended then to spend that draft capital on their early tight ends. I have. Yep, it's tight end and running back for me this year. 
simply because while the top receiver tier is fantastic, I really like the mid tier this year. I think it's again, back to what you said, it's a, I think it's a longer, bigger tier of receivers, a lot of second, third year guys in good situations that could just go nuts. And if you let get me give hand, you, let yep. me give you three that I think you're talking about. Okay. There. Uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, yep. Henry Ruggs. Haven't got much. Chenault. Haven't got rugs and haven't got Chenault much. No. Nope, okay. Been... Give me the two guys. So I hit with you. I hit with you uh, on Mooney. Give me mm-hmm. the two guys that, that I should have gone to that would have lined up with what you uh, Maybe my guys are a little higher, but I've been but I've been taking I've been starting in the fifth round a lot, or we have been hitting the fifth round a lot. And it's been it's been Ayuk, it's been yes. Higgins, uh Deontay Johnson, uh some Claypool, Tyler Boyd, a lot of Judy. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, so that's really where we're hitting a lot of Judy, some Robbie Anderson. So I, I think any of those guys, if they were top 10 guys at the end of the year, you wouldn't be surprised. Everything Judy does, you have to love. And I was thinking about it the other night. If he was on a team with a uh, a top five, top eight quarterback. Oh, geez. Uh, this would be uh, – he would be knocking on Claypool's door in the draft. You know, he oh, would be up yeah. there with Jefferson and those guys. You know, yeah, so he it, would be – he'd be really high up. Uh, it, it just did. Yeah. And who knows that uh, – how they're going to unlock that uh, – uh, unlock that uh, quarterback issue there. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a better game than mm-hmm. Locke in, the, in this preseason game. And if Teddy gets the, the keys to the car – I don't think he's ever had a Jerry Judy uh, to throw to, or a Cortland right. Sutton for that matter. So, given that kind of uh, given that kind of support, uh, uh, Teddy just may be a, a quarterback that we all need to look at uh, again as uh, we we head into some bye weeks. Brandon Ayuk, I, mm-hmm. with the questions at quarterback, and what I see happening there is. Um, both players play, uh, Garoppolo mm-hmm. and Lance, mm-hmm. and that troubles me. Whenever you're playing, trying to play right. two quarterbacks, it troubles me about the team getting in rhythm. What do you like about Ayuk? I think so. This is one where you know how you you have whatever you have a belief in your gut, you're always going to find the data to support it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so with Ayuk, that's kind of where I'm at. Where you know, PFF grades, things of that nature in a vacuum, kind of like Judy, they're mm-hmm. just, they're really good wide receivers. So right. and getting separation, all of those things. And I love watching the, even, I mean, even Debo too. I love watching their two receivers. I just think they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in my mind, you have a Lance, maybe, maybe mid season, maybe he takes over and, I can see him really opening up the game and where I uh, can, can really take off the big worry there, of course, is game flow. You know, they have a good defense, uh, things of that nature. Uh, if Garoppolo stifles him and I understand all those. So that's right, right where he's with Higgins, the three headed monster chase, mm-hmm. all those guys. Uh, but I do like the player. It's kind of goes back to the old adage draft, the, draft the talent not the situation and and hopefully it'll work out so 
uh, that's a player that uh, do have a ton of this year. Got him in some of the uh, in some of your drafts, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens. You're going to spend a lot in draft capital for that uh, three-headed monster, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly not going to call it a monster. But the Indianapolis Colts receiving core is intriguing to me based on where they're going. Uh, Pittman right. Pittman had a little gas earlier in the year after the Carson Wentz injury that has. Uh, subsided and we now have news today that that Carson Wentz is beginning his return to to trying to get ready for the first of the of the season and you had to if you looked at the young player Eason you had to be very impressed with uh with his arm strength and and what he was able to do uh with that talent in his arm so why do you think this team with, with the ceiling of uh, that Paris Campbell has, if he can stay healthy, of course, mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton has as a veteran pass catcher who always – who, you know, owns the Houston Texans and gets to play him <laughs> twice. And then uh, Pittman, who uh, I think uh, deserves some lofty evaluation of his skills, mm-hmm. uh, but still ends up uh, as a double-digit draft pick. How do those guys – do you look oh, – let me see how to ask this question. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to love these guys as much as I do, but what I'm saying is don't you have a real great ceiling for where these guys are going in the draft? Absolutely. I, th- I think that Pittman is a guy, if you ask me five guys that I wish I had more of during my draft season – uh, Pittman would probably be in the easily in the top five, um, and even Campbell late. Uh, I'm I'm off the T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I think it's a thing where he'll have two or three, you know, four catch hundred yard games, and mm-hmm. and in a best ball T.Y. Hilton. You know, if you get him in value, that's fine. But in your drafts, I'm not starting T.Y. Hilton. So. Uh, Not even against Houston. <laughs> Maybe against Houston. I start him against Houston. Maybe, yeah. He's likely to throw a touchdown pass against right. those guys. Exactly. Anything, exactly right. anything could possibly happen in that game. Uh, you know, uh, let me ask you some things about our event because we, you know, some friends of yours that might listen to this podcast have right. never considered playing, or, or have never. Uh, had your wisdom and followed you to the uh, to casino and maybe uh, I asked a guy that that commissions a lot of leagues I said why aren't some of your guys that are in your leagues coming he says hey, Farrell, hell I'm trying to get away from those guys you know <laughs> exactly. so it, it, you know but uh, we, we had a great weekend did you get enough to eat did you like the food oh the food I tell you that's the big thing the food the first year wasn't so hot and it just keeps getting better and better and I was uh I went back for seconds. That macaroni was fantastic. Yeah, they tried. I, I think the very first year you were there, I put together an order. And I, I think they were kind of cleaning out the freezer on us. It was quantity, <laughs> yeah. but it definitely wasn't quality. We, uh, the, the Hard Rock does things a little different, and the quality is certainly there. Yeah, it was. You know, was well, uh, well, we had a we had a nice time with that, and Fred at the bar taking care of us. Cincinnati is an interesting vibe. Is a, a number of players from Louisville come up there to play, and you've got to know them as well. Plus the local guys from from the Ohio area. I I really love the vibe that we have there. I I uh, am inviting you and all the players um, that uh, are listening to this to join us uh, 
at our next live event. That's not Cincinnati 2022. What it is is Super Bowl, February 12th and 13th. Super Bowl's on the 13th. We'll begin mm-hmm. on Saturday. We're going to have a Super Bowl uh, viewing party and draft. It's going to be one of our uh, one of our leagues uh, that we typically refer to as a spring league, uh, mm-hmm. the, the 90 uh, – 96 teams, uh, a sweet 16 format, and a champion that wins $5,000. So we're going to draft and we're going to get together for Super Bowl weekend. Now, you won't be playing baseball then. Spring training would have not even started by then. Okay. And I know you have no fantasy football obligations then. So can I count on you and Miguel making your first trip to the ballroom here at Caesars and joining us for some drafting here in Louisville in 2022. I, I think that's a, that's a strong possibility. Now, if the great American Joe Burrow leads the Bengals to the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to stay put. Well, well, what do you mean? You know, we're going to have television. We got electricity <laughs> down here. You know, I won't be, Come on. if the it's, Bengals ever make it, I won't be able to be around another human. I, I see what you're stuff. saying. You you would you would basically wear out the carpet pacing uh, in in front of the television. Well, you know, we think we've brought. I've spent the last uh, 14 Super Bowls um, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. With, with, with the streak ended this last year. Yeah, and um, I always enjoyed the big casino parties out there and watching the games. And and I thought how cool it would be now that we have a sports book how cool it would be to bring this concept to, to have everything I like about it. Right. Um, and, um, have it with all the people uh, that we've known for all the years playing fantasy football. So I think it's going to be, uh, an absolute blast. Have you ever been to a Super Bowl? I've not been to a Super Bowl, man. Uh, If those, if those Bengals ever get there, Buddy, let me tell you, you you've got to go now. Now, there's a guy I want you to meet sometime. His name is J.R. Fenton. He's okay. a guy I grew up with. He's come to football and playing fantasy football, and he he had to learn it. It, it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, a time horizon for him to learn it, but he enjoys it. But he has the distinction of his first NFL game being the Super Bowl. He went to me, uh, went uh, with me to uh, Super Bowl in San Diego when I was representing a number of uh, players on the Washington Football Club, mm-hmm. as we know it today. And uh, we had Super Bowl tickets. It was a beautiful day. And, uh, you know, Washington went down 10 to nothing and then uh, won uh, decisively going away. And we had. We had a blast, but Fenton would tell everybody, you know, that I've never been to an NFL game except the Super Bowl, and that <laughs> would make people madder than hell, mm-hmm. you know. So the only thing that's going to balance that out is if the Bengals do get there, no matter where it is in this country, you've got to be there. You're going to take Miguel with you? Yeah, I'll take Miguel. I'll take my boy, too. He's 11. He's going to come along, too. Well, you know, he'll be 35 by then, you know, so yeah, he can well, help yeah, you with your mobility he'll, issues. That he'll you be need, in his, he'll, he'll definitely be in his, uh, <laughs> maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be like college age, like 22 and just make well, an ass of himself. That's it does not thing. take long uh, right. for teams that have struggled to, to hit pay dirt. You've noticed that over time, uh, many of these teams are only one or two players, sometimes oh, yeah. only one or two plays away. It's just like fantasy football, you know. 
one or two starts, a couple things go the other way. But you make your own luck. You and Miguel have done a wonderful job with it. I want to thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Uh, with me and and please stay in touch we'd like to follow your teams and know how you're doing the rest of the season well sure well i appreciate it you run a great contest uh love the format uh like the new online that you have uh i mean the food's better i mean what, what what's there to complain about and miguel and i'll definitely get out to louisville one year uh we just need to we need to conquer cincy first i think trophies for cincinnati next year mean that uh that, that Albright and Cunningham make an appearance in Louisville. I'll make that trade with you, and I'll hold you to it. All good right. luck, yep. buddy. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Have a good night.